millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Culp Option Podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, listen to up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, or give us something to discuss in our new post credit scenes at the end of each episode, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash All right. Hey, we've made it. Here we are. Where am I? You're at the end of a long road and you look back and there's nothing but Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street films. There's nothing but bloodstains and dead bodies and uh, and female nudity. Hey, hey, it's not all bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. Uh, hey, Richard. I'm AJ. Hey, man, uh, hey, um, AJ. Hello. This is the Cold Pops podcast, um, and you are joining us at the end of a long and dusty ro- road, as we just said, um, where we have rewatched. We have watched for the second time in our lives. Um, the entirety of Friday the 13th, the entirety of A Nightmare on Elm Street, and this past week we've just... The entirety finished watching, of the crossover. Yeah, the entirety of the crossover. So we did A Nightmare on Elm Street episode and A Friday the 13th episode. This is our Freddy vs. Jason episode, plus just so that we're talking about more than one movie, we also threw in the 2009 remake of friday the 13th and the 2010 remake of a nightmare on elm street so we're going to be talking about those three films for this episode mm-hmm. so i would recommend listening to the last two episodes if you haven't listened to them before because i doubt um this one will make because this is going to be filled with inside jokes yeah. oh my God. and callbacks yeah. oh so many callbacks i've got planned mm-hmm. like what's one of them um do you remember on the Friday the 13th episode how um, we had a, a, a bread break? Yeah, ma'am. I we thought we could do that again. We didn't talk about it on pod, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a callback just for us. Oh, nice. Thank you. I hope you've got a, a, a single slice of white bread at the ready. <laughs> I don't, but I have the liquid equivalent of a single slice of white bread. I'll drink to that. A jar of water. <laughs> Cheers. Clink. If you don't know, we record this separate. We're in separate houses and separate cities. Otherwise, you would have actually just heard a clink. Yeah, so I have to. I have to actually make the clink sound with my mouth. Um, speaking of, we haven't actually really talked about this on the podcast. Um, but right up top, let's do a little plug. We've got a web series that's currently coming out one episode a week over on the Cole Pops YouTube channel called Ready to Record, um, which I'm enjoying making and I'm enjoying watching back after making um and you guys if you don't know anything about the cold pops youtube channel you should check it out so it's, it's called ready to record and the the basic premise is it's richard and i uh the conversations we have before we hit record on the podcast um 
fictionalized, dramatized, shall I say. So it's, <laughs> it's a scripted show where we take, you know, either some big news of the week or just something we've been thinking about um, and we turn it into a fun little comedic crossover between like a comedy sketch and a video essay. Um, and we just released an episode on JK Rowling, uh, which I think is our best episode yet. Um, mm. and I'm really proud of it. So please go and check that out on the Cold Pops YouTube channel if you like, um, along with all the other great videos that we have on there. And then why not swing over to the Cold Pops Discord and say hi. Mm. And you can tell us what you thought of it. All our fans and friends live. <laughs> all right. So let's kick it off uh, like a dead leopard's head. Uh, That's not my joke. I'm sorry. What's that for? Um, what? I think Chopper Reed, remember him? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, he What a it. fucking roadblock in the middle of the, <laughs> the launch into the episode content. It'd make a Chopper Reed <laughs> joke. Insane. All right, keep going, keep going. All right. Um so Freddy vs. Jason mm. came out in two thousand and three after decades of discussion, as we, we mentioned briefly last week. Mm. Um this was earliest talked about um as being the seventh entry in the Friday the 13th series. So oh, wow. eventually manifested itself in 2003, directed by Ronnie Yu and AJ. What's this one about? Uh, so this is the crossover. This is the most ambitious crossover in film history. Um, it's not at all. It's actually very natural and uh, makes a lot of sense for this, these two franchises to cross over. Um, but it is set, chronolo- chronologically it's set before Jason X. Um, So it's set after Jason goes to hell and after Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. And pretty much um, the town of Elm Street has returned to normality because uh, Freddy's been dead for such a long time that everyone's forgotten about him. And that's when you truly die, as Coco, Pixar's Coco taught us, (laughs) Um, which, of course, was pioneered by this movie, that philosophy. Um, And (laughs) so Freddy can't go back to Elm Street because no one remembers him. So he's like, all right, I've got to make them remember me. So he searches the bowels of hell and finds Jason Voorhees, um, which I don't know how hell works because you see him find him at the end of jason goes to hell so i guess that was him finding him i don't know anyway he finds jason and he sends him up he he resurrects him somehow how does he do that he just does it doesn't he He can just do he just does it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and he sends jason to elm street where he kills a bunch of or he kills one person in the famous elm street house which calls into um you know, calls into question from the adults who remember uh, Freddy Krueger. You know, they're like, oh my God, is Freddy back? The teens, the, the the fun teen characters work out what's happening, um, work out who Jason is. And um, despite the fact that it's not Jason killing, they, this sorry, it's not Freddy killing. They think it is. And so Freddy is therefore resurrected, but there's a complication because, because before... he needs people to be scared of him. Yeah. 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 Power. Yeah, exactly. But before Freddy can, uh, start killing off teens in their, in their dreams again, lo and behold, Jason's killing them before Freddy can get to them. And so Freddy before gets, they can even get a chance to fall asleep. Yeah. So Freddy gets real mad and it becomes a, a three way battle between Freddy, Jason and, 
and the teens who are fighting for their lives on both ends. Um, it ends with a pretty cool battle on the dock of Camp Crystal Lake where both Freddy and Jason are kind of defeated by each other and the, the human characters, what's left of them, survive. And the last scene in the film is Jason emerging from a foggy uh, lakeside holding Freddy's head in his hand and Freddy looks at the camera and, and winks, implying that who won? To be honest, Jason, I think. It's, <laughs> as much as they try to make it, look, they both won. I feel like Jason got the upper hand. And Jason, chronologically, yeah. is the only one who did come back for another movie, though it's not yeah. specifically because he didn't beat Freddy, I guess. But Yeah, it's funny. so that's the um, the very last scene of the film is the Jason holding Freddy's head. Mm. Um, and apparently during advance and test screenings of the film, um, they took out the last shot of the film and instead it would just um some text would appear on screen saying on august 15th 2003 see the final 60 seconds and see who has survived and what is left of them wow god that would be infuriating yeah i agree (laughs) um but that was for that was for test audiences did you say yeah, test and advanced screening. So, like, advanced you know, if you saw it, like, a week early. Oh, <laughs> my God. Test audiences, I understand. Like, fuck test audiences. Who cares? But advanced screenings, man, those are people who have won competitions, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, that's so cheeky. <laughs> all right. So, what did you think of this film? Um, I thought it was all right. I remember when we first watched this film, when we did it for, because this, we didn't mention this, this is Film Franchise Fortnite's Redux, the final, Redux. The final pew, Redux pew, pew. where we, we rewatch um, a franchise from our first season. Um, so I remember when we first watched this, it was towards the tail end of that night where we watched like six movies in one day. Yeah. Um, and I remember we were like, this is actually the best movie ever. Like we were like, it's so perfect. Yeah. We, we were clearly, um, we, we were aware of our own bias, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Watching these movies at a, at a more sensible pace, um, and this was the first one I'd watched in a couple of days, um, and I didn't watch any the same night, I wasn't as blown away by it um, as I was initially. I think I think when I, I've come to appreciate the filmmakery of those early Friday films and those and the select few nightmare films, this one does really fit more into, I mean, it always did fit into the more schlocky um, self-aware category yeah. as opposed to. The, well, it's very um 2003 yeah, as well. Yeah, as opposed to the early Friday films. And by early, I literally, I mean like maybe the first two and the first nightmare film, which feel quite genuine, <laughs> like quite, quite, organic trying to trying to be real movies good movies not just like play to the to the masses um that being said i do still consider what is made to be the story in this movie a really good idea they're like yeah the the way they resurrecting and then getting jealous yeah yeah that's a really good idea and so yeah it's it's cool that like a freddy vs jason movie feels like the best a freddy vs jason movie could be as opposed to like batman v superman which fucked that up and i haven't seen yeah. alien vs predator in 15 years but i i don't know if the, if the general consensus is that the general consensus is that it's pretty bad yeah yeah well i mean it would be for this one as well right what's the rotten tomato score oh uh, what would you guess um uh it's not especially 
bad it's just this is the kind of movie that gets like 42 percent or something like that oh my god you're so close what is it 41 41 fuck that's my thing your thing is you get them exactly right my thing is i get them one number off which is almost tantalizingly close well it's as impressive it's equally as skill (laughs) um there's you have this oh no actually you have more chance i guess of being one off because you could be either side Mm. um yeah so i remember that like like you said we watched this movie the first time and thought it was the greatest movie we'd ever seen (laughs) watching it this time i felt the same way (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah like it is the the human the the human the the teen stuff Mm. is very like run of the mill but the actual freddy versus jason stuff is like is the payoff you've yeah. been waiting since 1984. Yeah, I would agree. It is the, um, you get what you pay for, yeah. Like like, like you mentioned Batman v Superman. To, when we finally see those characters squaring off, it lasts like three minutes and then, like, it, it doesn't deliver on its promise. Yeah. Whereas there's a solid chunk of this film that's actually Freddy and Jason fighting and it's just every bit as, like, schlocky and silly mm. as you would as you would want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this they is kill also, each other with each other's... Um, iconic weapons, weapons yeah. as well which is cool because freddy uh killed like stabs jason with a machete but not after uh, but only after he's had his arm chopped off and then jason comes back with freddy's dismembered arm and stabs freddy with the claws on yeah. his hand so that's cool. that's great mm. uh, and this this is probably my favorite um that my, my favorite way that uh kruger has looked it's yeah. my favorite design. Uh, I think it looks great in this movie. And also, it's probably my favorite performance of Robert England. Yeah, no, um, I agree. He is good in this, yeah. Like, like, And it's interesting because he hadn't canonically played Freddy in 12 years. What? Really? Yeah. Holy like he was shit, in, he of was course. In New Nightmare nine years earlier. But oh, Freddy's Dead right. was like 12 years before this. Um, and so it's like... It's crazy to me that he would then deliver his best performance. You know, well, time to to ruminate on it. Oh, yeah, mm. um, but yeah, it's just there's something. It, it feels very lived in, and and I mean that comes from playing a character so many times. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and also even like Jason, like maybe not because they they didn't cast Kane Hodder because they wanted someone who was even taller than him so that there would be the massive kind of height difference between him and Freddy. So they got a guy called Ken Kersinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and his design isn't my favorite necessarily. He's a bit thinner than than kind of you expect from Jason. Um, whereas like Kane Holder is really a lot bulkier, but uh, that's probably my favorite characterization of Jason. Right. I found him really sympathetic in this movie. Yeah. Like th- there's a bit where, so um, Freddy's killing Jason inside Jason's dream. And he's like drowning him and it cuts to like Jason out in the real world and he's like choking on water. And I felt sorry for him. That's a good point. And we talked um, last week. I was like, what is the difference between Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers from Halloween, right? They're essentially the Mm. same. And maybe it does actually just come down to that context of who they are. Like Michael Myers is a remorseless shape. You know, he's the shape. So he just kills because he kills. And I mean, they, they make up some convoluted curse later on but if you don't the, the, count that the as cult canon, of thorn yeah yeah it's it's not um 
You know, he's just he's just a machine. Whereas Jason has quite a sympathetic backstory, and you see you see a lot in Freddy vs. Jason a lot of like his time as a child at, at Camp Crystal Lake and when he drowned mm. and things like that. Um, yeah, is this the the only time we ever actually see the camp during like camp time? Maybe when there's like kids yeah. running around. Yeah, probably. That's a good point because that is something. All right, I gotta admit a a feeling I've had about friday the 13th I'm, I'm putting it in this episode i feel like the if you if it's one of those things that on paper that it's like jason Voorhees, his motivation is that he kills teens because he drowned while teens were having sex and doing drugs and that's why he's attracted to killing sexually active teens i think that's great i think that's such a cool idea but i feel like it's not really in the movies what? until this one this is the one that's the most like yeah. this is clearly uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why he's doing it I think there's also like um because it's it's a typical like you know in, in scream that like don't have sex in a horror movie or you'll die and like it gives it like a canon reason for happening. Yeah, yeah. It's like this guy it's um because there's obviously like like I remember we were talk us talking last time about it and he said that Jason kills you for having sex because it's the one thing that you want. Yeah, man. you know, and and it's yeah. like <laughs> punishing you because it's because it's so good. It's it's like the one thing that isn't like breathing or sleeping well i mean sleeping is another one but um it's like the one thing that the only reason you can't go without is purely because of your carnal desires yeah right yeah, yeah. and that's what's so compelling about it um but yeah and and then it's like you know okay what if there was a character who genuinely would want to kill you for having sex why like what would his be his motivation be and then it's like this whole story concocted around it but i mean i don't know if that's a trope that's invented from friday the 13th or if friday the 13th is like subverting it in a way didn't we learn that halloween unintentionally started it Hmm, and that's why we talked because there's the talked about there's the one minute eight second sex scene in it yeah and we talked with it like let's go upstairs and have sex and they're like whoo good sex (laughs) (laughs) and we talked about how like um it's the blank black panther for sexually frustrated people but but it wasn't it wasn't intentional (laughs) that uh, it wasn't intentional that laurie strode um survives because she's a virgin yeah john carpenter's sort of spoken out against that i think sean cunningham sean cunningham has as well saying that it's not like a morality play Mm. yeah which is really interesting Mm. speaking of a lack of morals um there's uh a couple of famous lines in freddy vs jason that have tarnished the reputation of it somewhat um so there's uh in uh the dream master freddie has a line where he goes how sweet fresh meat and uh when this new girl shows up um in uh freddie vs jason it's kelly Rowland from destiny's child that shows up and he says how sweet dark meat and it's one of those things that you go because oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's one of those things. It's not that bad, but it's like, and it's already Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's like Camille Nanjani has a famous. Yeah, has has a bit about yeah, it. Yeah. Where he says that you know we expect better from. It's like yeah. a child murderer, but a racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then immediately Kelly Rowland uh, follows this up with like a like a quick one two of a couple of couple of digs at Freddy, um, and one of them. She says, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, what kind of a, um, and the, a homophobic slur? The other F uh, word. Dre- yeah. Dresses up in a Christmas sweater, like goes around 
in a Christmas sweater, mm. which, okay, obviously the usage of the word sticks out like a sore thumb. Second of all, it's not a very good burn. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Freddy Krueger is a guy who knows being burned. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a line from like an epic rap battle of history with Freddy Krueger in it. <laughs> like, I know you're used to being burned or something like that. Um, Kelly that- Rowland versus Freddy Krueger. Um, yeah, like, and, and it's also interesting, it's interesting um, because the the writers of the film have been asked about this quite a few times, being like, why'd you put that in the film? And they not only did they not write it in the script, but they actually, when they saw the first cut of the film, asked them to take it out. Wow, um, even in 2003 so like when that word was, onset- like, commonplace. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, it was one of those things that, like, um, I, it was like commonplace, but but don't tell your mum. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, like, like it, it's still, because there's... An episode of The Simpsons where um, Nelson says like, it's it's the Great Pumpkin, the you know it's apparently the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, and Nelson says that the Grand Pumpkin is so gay, and it was like this was like you know mid two thousands, and it was like hey come on like you shouldn't say that, um, and so it's like even though these things were like commonplace, they they weren't expected to be in media, mm-hmm. and like media was expected to know better kind of thing, but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Kelly Rowland specifically has been asked about. It. I couldn't find a comment from her, but the the writers insist that it was an onset improvisation that they objected to and tried to take out. What do, I mean, what do you think of it in the context of the film? Um, I mean, again, I feel like if I saw this movie in two thousand three, um, sadly, I probably wouldn't have. Batted, <laughs> you would have been like, "Hell yeah!" No, you not tell at them. all. But <laughs> I, would, I probably wouldn't have noted it as a particularly bad word. Um, I, actually, maybe in 2003, I would have never heard of that word. But, you know, mid-2000s, that word was was one that... that- I, I think it is that, like, if I heard one of my friends say that, I wouldn't think twice. But if, if it's, like, seeing it in a movie just feels weird. Mm-hmm. And even weirder now. Like, compared to it's used in um, The Hangover as well. And that one I didn't question it as much because it felt so, like, they're parodying the kind of people that would say that. Right. And... Um, and, and you, you know it, it's used for um, i guess because of the context it's used to kind of shock you because he's talking about how his friends are real civil and then i don't know he, if i'm on your team with that one i think that's still an, an, an appropriate use of it in the hangover well i, know, I just think like, like that, that it's not as like it doesn't stick out as much because it doesn't stick it's out supposed to stick You're out right, yeah whereas in this like you hear it and you go imagine imagine if <laughs> after she says it freddy krueger's like whoa like that's his standard is that he's he's like look i'm a i'm a racist child killer but i'm not a homophobe god yeah i mean i mean have you seen a fucking a nightmare on elm street too that's true Um, (laughs) i think yeah it's it's troubling and and it sticks out and it's sort of like it it dates the movie more than anything else in it which is saying something because Mm. these movies get quite um male gazy at times and they and a lot of exploitation of young young actresses and things like that and that and yet that feels like it's the the thing mm. you remember from the movie <laughs> yeah speaking of exploitation of young actresses mm. 
Um, apparently, the biggest problem that occurred on set was a fight between the director and Catherine Isabella, who played Gib. Uh, she had signed on to the film with the promise that she would not have to do nude scenes during the shoot. Ronnie, you went back on this promise and repeatedly tried to pressure her to get naked. Cool, man. It's a fun little behind-the-scenes story. Eventually, they, they settled on using a body double. Which character was Gib? Uh, she was Isabel... <laughs> Catherine Isabel's character. Let me look it up. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's probably like one person who gets naked in the whole in the whole series. I don't know why it's in, in, important for me to find this. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like the 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 like tomboyish one who um her boyfriend gets killed by Jason at the start. It's like the first he gets he gets stabbed and then uh, squeezed to death in a in a couch. And a sofa bed that oh, yeah, that yeah. closes in on itself. Um, she's also the lead in a film called Ginger Snaps and its sequels, Ginger Snaps 2, Unleashed, and G- Ginger Snaps Back, The Beginning. <laughs> well, add it to the motherfucking list, bro. I am. I'm adding to the franchise list. What number should it be? Um, Whatever number we land on after this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm putting it just because I, I like to add things randomly. So I'm just putting it between Beach Party and Tarzan. Ginger Snaps is a horror franchise. Oh my god. Um. Um. Anywho, uh, spe- sorry. Speaking of um, Kelly Rowland's character, this is one of my my favorite little pieces of because reading a few interviews with the um with the writers and stuff to to learn about you know what how they felt about that whole thing. But um, there's one that apparently uh, Kelly Rowland's character was supposed to die or um that it was going to be her final stand is that she was going to face off against Jason um in the same way and say that he's not she's not scared of him anymore and then in the same way that nancy did to freddie at the end of nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. she'd be like, i'm not scared of you anymore and then freddie would be like wrong one bitch and then kill her i thought that would have been like a fun little moment wow i wonder what changed <laughs> um so that it's it would have been funny if she's like i'm not scared of you anymore and he's like well you're scared of him and she like turns around and jason's there that would yeah <laughs> yeah because she's the only character that they collaborate to kill in the midst yeah. of their fight as well yeah um, freddie only kills one person in this movie really well he re- yeah. jason really did steal his thunder didn't yeah he? <laughs> wow that's that's a legitimately interesting piece of trivia dude <laughs> uh what, what, do you, what do you think the the body count is um okay if, if freddie only kills one person i reckon it's it's quite low then i'm gonna say Six. Teen. That's yeah. the highest one. <laughs> well, remember he goes to the bit where he, um, Jason shows up in like the cornfield and just slaughters uh, like an entire yes. party. Yeah. That ra- there's, there's a lot of um, deaths that are just unnamed party goer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's also interesting to note um, just some other alternate versions of this film. There was um, several earlier, like qu- for quite a few drafts, uh, there were twists considered that would have connected the backgrounds of Freddie and Jason. Uh, one was that um, Freddie had either raped or had consensual sex sex with Jason's mum and would be his father. Um, another twist uh, would have been that Freddie worked at Camp Crystal Lake in the past and either molested Jason as a child or was somehow connected to his drowning. That's better. I like that better than... <laughs> yeah um thus giving him a motivation to track him down um but they were both eventually dropped um as they felt they were too contrived and too dark for the film which too is probably contrived 
Oh <laughs> my god. This coming from the series, the the two series of films where like dead characters are routinely brought back to life and suspicious and, and yeah. tenuous. Well ways. they're not it's not really contrived in this film, they're just like, Oh, I want to bring Jason back to life. I, gu- I guess he is now. Yeah, why can he do- why can he bring <laughs> Jason back to life but not himself? Like yeah. what's going on there? Well, because Maybe- his power is based on fear. I think it makes sense. Okay, fair enough. All right, okay. <laughs> um, and also at one point we had um, we would have had Tommy Jarvis coming back, at, um, who might have been played by Jason Bateman. Wow, that's a very. Oh, I guess he would have been older. I was about to say that's a very. Jason Bateman was like a rest of development by that age, but yeah, he would have been. But older. yeah, he would have obviously been an older one who would have come in and been like, "I know what to do." Mm, yeah. That would have been cool to see him again. But they they made the decision not to use like any legacy characters. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um, other than Freddie and Jason, hey, obviously. we talked before about and uh, on the Friday the Thirteenth episode how you the the word fart is said in part six and then apparently not said again till the remake in two thousand nine. And while mm-hmm. fart isn't said in freddy vs jason you do see and hear a character you fart. see a fart <laughs> you see him fart on the window and you, um, you smell a fart <laughs> um it's when there so there's a whole storyline in this about characters who remembered freddy were, were institutionalized and so they escape their like inst- their their medical institute by um distracting the guard to get his keys and he does it by farting on the window but the fart is definitely put in post so it's like him just rubbing his butt, and so the the poor actor thought he was just pulling a moon, a moony, <laughs> and then they turned it into a fart joke, um, which I would be furious about if I was that actor. <laughs> Fair enough. But that actor, that that character, he has what I feel like I must have seen in a trailer or something. Like you remember when we did the Santa Claus? How I talked about how the line he is too santa was like ingrained yeah. in my memory because i saw it on a hundred vhs tape trailers for the santa claus um and, yeah. and similar to i gotta get married <laughs> from santa claus too um there's a part where that character where he gets killed and he's like half asleep and so freddie's like killing him and there's like this real cool like high angle shot of him as he like screams towards the camera and goes somebody please wake me up and i feel like i saw that in a trailer or something because it's very like that's nightmare in essence right like that's the whole mm. the whole crux and I, I really like that part i thought it thought it's really effective nice. um yeah so i liked that i did like it he's that's the one guy that freddie kills mm. there you go uh, so I've been doing dumb IMDb trivia for every um mm-hmm. film and these, um, and this one I got when Jason walks out of the water holding Freddy's head, Freddy winks. Many people people believe this to be a special effect, but it wasn't. Robert England winked at the camera. <laughs> That's not what people think is the special effect. The special effect is that it's a disembodied head. What are you talking about? That's so funny, dude. <laughs> That's like a dad joke. Like an accidental dad joke. Yeah. You know, a like lot a of people, you, you pause switch. it and you go, you know, a lot of people thought that was special effects, but it's not. He really winked. <laughs> That's so um, funny. Sadly, though, this is the end of Dumb IMDb Trivia for wow. the Freddy vs. Jason franchise. Um, because I just I just couldn't settle on... There's some that's like, oh, if I 
do if I explain like say it and I do it in a funny voice, it could sound real dumb or something. But I know the feeling. I don't want to tarnish the reputation of Diamond B trivia, which is a segment we didn't introduce. I presume if you're listening to this episode, you've listened to the previous two, and you would know that IMDb trivia is user submitted. So there's quite often, um, yeah, it allows for very silly kind of mm. entries. Um, sometimes they're just provably factually inaccurate yeah uh, and sometimes they're just worded funny and and we you and i both get a kick out of when um they put you know their opinion into effect yeah 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 um so before we move on i and this is this could be a good segue to between the films um do, do you feel differently when we first watched the freddy vs jason movies we watched them in order of when they were released right so we didn't watch mm. all of the fridays first and then all of the nightmares we watched all of the fridays up to four and then started a nightmare on elm street and interchangeably moved through them so that we could get the replicate the experience of them coming out one yeah. after the other um we didn't do that this time. We watched all of Friday, then we watched all of Nightmare, and then we watched Freddy vs. Jason and the two remakes. And do you feel differently having watched it that way? Um, I don't know. I th- I feel like the main the main thing that makes me feel different is the fact that I, I didn't watch them all in like two days. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. But that has something to do with it because I you would I, think- I, I found myself more attached to them this time, like the characters. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's probably- like, like maybe a little bit because it's like you know you're with freddy for a week and then and you're with jason for a week um and so by the time you know you see a reboot or them come together you're like yeah i fucking i know everything about this character where it was like i got a bit more jumbled i think the way we did it the first time i feel i kind of feel the opposite maybe not jumbled but to me like you would think that after doing these two franchises watching the crossover would be the majority of what this episode is with the the reboots just being kind of like tacked on the end but because i hadn't seen uh, jason in a week before watching this i feel like i have so much more to say about the remakes of each film than freddy right, vs jason like i think because you when we watched them it was like we mixed them together you know they were uh, they were interchanging yeah. with each other so it felt a bit more like they were already um combined in a way like we're yeah. we're, we're watching um converging stories this Ooh. this time it didn't feel like that and so freddy vs jason as a film maybe that's why i wasn't as impacted by it and maybe it's because i watched it didn't watch it the same day as a bunch of other movies and also because they hadn't been um interchangeable and mixed in leading up to it yeah i would almost if you were going to replicate this and you and you don't mind about release order or anything i would probably recommend going all of nightmare then all of jason because I think Freddy vs. Jason will have a a stronger impact if you haven't seen Freddy in a while going into it. Yeah, than if you haven't seen Jason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it is like, Freddy's back! Yeah. Whereas Jason, we saw him a year earlier Yeah, than Jason man, X. that's such a good point. Yeah. That's a, yeah, well, that's how we should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, because we, we did Jason versus Freddy. Like a couple of fucking fools. <laughs> um okay so continue the franchise i'm gonna do continue the franchise three times on this episode oh my god because each of the films has its own path okay so there is freddy versus jason versus ash which was based on a treatment for a sequel that's ash from the evil dead um trilogy uh played by bruce campbell and so that was in 2007 and 2008 
comic book series went for six issues and then it was also followed by free versus jason versus ash the nightmare warriors in 2009 okay so we could do that sometime on uh, film franchise follow-ups on our patreon yeah and that, that works as a follow-up to three separate franchises we've covered Damn. so that's kind of cool it is interesting that um that ash is the next one they went to like if you're opening up the kettle of worms to be to the kettle of worms the can of worms <laughs> the kettle of fish please do not mix the fish will eat all the worms <laughs> um like you know we because we we've sort of you you would imagine it would be like freddy versus jason versus michael next um yeah or how well actually sorry I, I mentioned this last time yeah, i forgot yeah. to mention this time but um that there was a draft that involved pinhead from the uh hellraiser series um and they were the fight would have taken them into hell even though hellraiser doesn't actually involve hell it's like a different dimension that is referred to as hell because it's all a bunch of that's full of sadomasochism yeah um and they find torture pleasurable but obviously humans find it awful um and it would have had pinhead show up and say a gentleman what seems to be the fuss or something like that i did an impression of pinhead last time not knowing what he sounds like and now i can say that he would have been like gentleman <laughs> um because i know more what he sounds like there still wasn't a very good impression maybe when I, i'll nail it next time but also it's interesting it's worth mentioning that this film has Freddy vs. Jason has a very similar plot to the first Hellraiser because it's about someone who is using tries to resurrect someone from hell um, by like killing people so that they can get their power back. Yeah, true. Wow, wow. Maybe maybe there's um someone could be sued. That's exciting. Mm. <laughs> That's my continue the franchise a lawsuit. So there's also um there was a Freddy vs Jason game called Freddy vs Jason Hell Unbound that was um being talked about for a long time. This would have been like the SNES um would have been just after Jason goes to Hell the final Friday. Um oh sorry no actually it was considered for the Dreamcast, PS2, and Xbox. Um and it would have allowed up to four players with Freddy or Jason as player characters in various forms, such as like Hooded Jason, Snake Freddy. Premise would have been that Freddy and Jason are permanently stuck in hell due to their countless unforgivable sins. Death makes the offer that whoever of the two can fight their way out of hell against demons and uh all its other hell people um can leave um and the other gets stuck there forever. Um and so they would be stuck in their own personal hell. Um, and would be visions of Elm Street and Crystal Lake. Death, you don't have to let any of either of them out. Why, why <laughs> yeah. are you staking it as like a like a game between them? Yeah. So, do you have any continue the franchise ideas that are specific to Freddy vs Jason? Yes, and it's very very cool that you just mentioned that video game because it's on that topic. So, um, we hadn't played this. So's mine. Ooh. Ooh. Between the last time we recorded and now we played um the Freddy vs well the, the the Friday the thirteenth Friday the thirteenth. Um PlayStation four game. Is it exclusive to PlayStation or is it on yeah. on other other uh, it's not? It's on okay. PC as well. I think it's on PC. My sister said she had it on PC. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, we played it with um one of our listeners, uh Ryan slash a aka Gas Cadet. Um, so shout out to you, dude, who was not only mentioned by name last week, but then was also the subject of the post credit scene. Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, 
and uh, we, yeah, we like pl- we played with them, and we sort of talked a bit about um, the rights were held up, which is why like support for the game was suspended. Yeah, the I think the ga- that's a real shame because we were playing the game, and it was cool to see how you can play as like the Jasons from two through to like six or so. Um, and you can play in a couple of the different camps, and you can play at like the Jarvis household, and, and you can play as she- Shelley Finkelstein. Yeah, if you're playing as a counselor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as well as Jason. So, so if you've never played it before, you play as either Jason or a counselor, and it's essentially a game of go home, stay home. Where yeah, um, if you're Jason, you have to kill all the counselors to win. If you're a counselor, you either have to call the cops, escape in the car. Or, like, I think you can... No, yeah, if you're playing as a female, you can knock off Jason's mask and then put it on and then kill him or something like right, that. But that, that's, I think, the most difficult way to end the game. Right. Um, and so it's very cool. And I and I think it's a shame that the, the rights got held up because it stopped obvious mm. ones like Uber Jason from being a, a unlockable skin. Yeah, I was, I was, there's also, like, um, they were going to introduce a paranoia game mode, which Ooh. was going to be that you all play as counsellors, but one of you was secretly, like the killer or like jason um and so wow you, you know you like just one person gets told you have a dif- different motive from everyone else wow it's like mafia um yeah and uh, but yeah sorry, so yeah. so my continue the franchise um would not only be re- you know renew support for the game give it uber jason but also like give it the the ship that they are on in jason x you know make that one of the locations yeah, and yeah. on the topic of freddy vs jason I think Freddy Krueger should just be a Jason that you like, you unlock. Like if there's yeah. two categories of characters, there's counselors and Jasons. The Jasons shouldn't just be Jasons. They're already not. One of them is part five, who is, who is Roy. Yeah. So you should be able to get Pamela Voorhees. You should be able to get Baby Jason. I think that'd be a fun one from from the first <laughs> film. Um, and Freddy Krueger. And I was thinking as well, it'd be cool if Elm Street was a was a was a map, or maybe like Freddy's. Um, Freddy's furnace could be a map as well. Like yeah, the, the, the boiler room. He's the boiler room that isn't in all, all the dreams. Um, and just really like relish in the the fun of playing as as Freddy in a in a Friday the thirteenth format. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um I it's also worth mentioning, um, because this was something I wondered, that um once the lawsuit's all done, they're not it's they're not gonna start adding shit to the game again. They said it's been too long and It'll be too much work to like go back into the dev kits and stuff. So there is the apparently is another game called Dead by Daylight or something. That's yeah, which is like a very similar yeah yeah um thing. Um, so my idea is also a video game. Um, or I mean, it doesn't have to be a video game. Really, it could be a movie. But do, you know the games Crash Bandicoot Purple and Spyro the Dragon Orange. Yeah. Um, where it's like, or, or um, if you're not familiar with those, there's also the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour episodes of um Jimmy Neutron and um. Feeling our parents, so I, I like the idea of take Jason and Freddie and just swap them. Could be in a game, could be in a, a couple of short films or a couple of feature films or one feature film. Um, but yeah, give Jason dream stalking powers and l- l- set Freddie loose on a on a camp. Like I feel like Freddie wouldn't stalk the kids as much on the camp because um, he, he likes to quip too much. Mm. Um, he also likes uh, to torture. Whereas, yeah, J- Freddie's definitely a lot more sadistic. Yeah. And like it really comes across in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Um 
Are we going to talk about titles, or should we? We should just do it now, right? Because this is the only one that time it'll be yeah relevant. Yeah. So we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, and Freddy vs Jason is kind of the inevitable title. And knowing that they didn't have the rights to um, call their films Friday the Thirteenth anymore makes a lot of sense. But you know, a Friday on Elm Street, it's right there, isn't it? Mm, a nightmare at Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Crystal Lake isn't in the title. Yeah, it'd be be, again if they if the movies were called Camp Blood, like I suggested, a nightmare on Camp Blood would be cool. It's it's right there, and they're so close, but they're like Freddy vs Jason, bro. But I guess a Friday on Elm Street doesn't carry the. (laughs) Yeah, Freddy vs Jason is a great title. A a Friday on Elm Street is is just bloody cracking open a beer and watching the game. (laughs) Just guys being dudes. Ah, just a classic Friday on Elm Street. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. So now we are brought to Friday the 13th, 2009. Mm. That's right. It's a reboot, baby. Directed by Marcus Nispel. Do you recognize that name? No, I do not. He directed the Tex Chainsaw Massacre uh, reboot, oh. which is part of um, Platinum Dunes, which mm. um, often, you know, people will talk about, oh, Michael Bay ruined these movies. Michael Bay um, had a production company called, well, I think, well, he still does, a production company called Platinum Dunes that in the 2000s did remakes of Tex Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Amityville Horror, Last House on the Left, Friday the 13th, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't think they weren't involved with the Halloween reboot, but we did get one around that same time um but uh yeah what's uh what's this one about so this one is one of probably the most interesting remakes ever made in that it um it's it says you know it's marketed as a remake of the first film it's actually a remake of the first three films uh because it wants to get that that classic iconography of mm. hockey mask uh jason but as we all know richard Jason didn't wear the hockey mask until part three, and he wasn't even the killer in part one. So the movie starts with, like, during the opening titles, um, you see, like... Yeah, so we get opening credits. Yeah, yeah. And then an opening scene. Yeah. And then the title, and then the movie starts. Yeah. So the opening credits play over, like, a montage of the end of the first movie where where Pamela Voorhees is decapitated after trying to kill the, the last remaining... Um, Friday the 13th Survivor Um, and then we get a scene which is like um, look I'll say it it's a real fucking great little short film yeah it's like Friday the 13th in essence distilled down into a 20 minute short film because it's a long time before pre-title sequence yeah 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 as a pre-title sequence it's a long time before you see the title Um, and it's just it's just what it's just what you would describe if you described a Friday the 13th movie um, condensed. And it's a real fucking great scene, I thought. Um, and I know mm. I've read before that people consider it to be one of the best scenes in the franchise. Um, calling it a scene feels generous. It's a series yeah, of scenes. Yeah. It's a sequence. Um, and then the title comes up and you get the the proper movie, which is about a bunch of... Um, Teens. It's about what every fucking Friday the Thirteenth is about. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, there is a more more to it. Um, the guy from yeah, the guy from Supernatural sister is missing. Um, yeah, his sister who was in the that pre-title sequence, and he's trying to find her, and Jason's there and kills a bunch of them in all exciting different ways. Um, they they find out the sister's alive because I think the sister resembles Jason's mother as a young woman. 
I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then they fight him, they kill them. The only people left is the guy from Supernatural um, and his sister, and it ends with them... Them making love. Throw, <laughs> throwing Jason's body into Camp Crystal Lake, after which yeah. he rises from the depths to attack, and we <laughs> cut to black. Do you know what's funny about the guy from Supernatural? Is that... Um, what's his name? It's not Jensen Ackles. It's the other guy. I don't know. It's one of those weird things where it's like, you're, I'm just told that this guy's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, so he... Uh, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. In, in Supernatural, he plays a guy named Sam, and Jensen Ackles is his brother, and he plays a guy named Dean. But in Gilmore Girls, Jared Padalecki played a guy named Dean. <laughs> And that's a fun little fact, isn't it, Richard? You're welcome for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, I, oh, it's also it also stars Arlen Escapada, who we interviewed last year for our Halloween episode. He's he's also in um, Final Destination Five. Super super nice dude. Yeah, he was a super nice dude, super cool. And you know what? He's he's one of the better actors in the movie, so that's always nice. To, <laughs> and truly, I just I just wouldn't have said anything if I didn't think he was. So that's how you know that's a genuine compliment. Like he's he delivers one of the more believable performances. Um, the yeah, it's it's a very it's a very updated. Friday the 13th, everything looks like that era of horror. Yeah, well, it's also interesting because, um, like, Amityville Horror and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are both period pieces. Right. But this one, they made a conscious decision to not oh. make it because it, um, so they could update it. Um, oh, there you go. But the, the, the general consensus of the film, because I was going to say, so they could update it and, you know, feel like they bring something fresh to the franchise. But um, the general consensus at the time was that, like, it's not very good to all write, but it, the main thing is it doesn't bring anything new, but now I think it's looked back on. Like if you Google Friday the Thirteenth two thousand nine, one of the top things that come up is like it's been ten years. Can we admit that it was really fucking good? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I don't know that go that far, but it's like it, I think it's it's honest to the franchise. And if you're a big fan of the franchise, I can't understand why you would particularly dislike this one. I think yeah, I think there is there it is it is fun and trendy to say you don't like it studio remake um, of a film yeah um but at the same time like i said that first 20 minutes is what it, it, it gets so much good grace from that that opening yeah. opening sequence for me it's so good um what, what, what do you reckon as on Rotten tomatoes um maybe like 30 <sighs> percent. 26 that was close yeah. um so yeah that that scene's real good but i think that if I was to to describe what I don't like about it, I would say that I don't really like the whole like he looks like his sister. I don't I don't like the the like Jared Padalecki's journey to save his yeah. sister. It's it's all very like oh we need to make this more more than just what it is, and we need to have Jason have some kind of connection to his um you know that that we can that we can yeah. exploit. There needs to be some kind of more emotional human element to him. Um, and that's all good. I don't know. I just, I just didn't really like it. Um, yeah, that much. And it also, it's, it also, you find out there's like underground tunnels through Camp Crystal Lake that he's created, yeah. and that's how he moves. And it's one of those things that's like answering a question no one was asking. Yay! How does he get around so fast? Well, it's not that no one was asking it. It's that people prefer like a, a supernatural yeah yeah um answer because th- there's um it's it's funny the way they address it in the friday the 13th game um because you have if you're playing as jason you have certain powers 
one is you can travel anywhere you want on the map and it takes like you know a while to to re um to reload and then one of them allows you to travel like a like a ring wraith mm. from lord of the rings where it's like or the um the the camera going through the woods that you see and um and the evil dead and I, th- I thought that was quite a fun like yeah yeah it's, it's a good gameplay way to to show that yeah um but it's actually the whole um re- remake thing and and how it adapts it so this was uh it's actually technically classed as a sequel um and that's for legal reasons because if it's a sequel you don't have to pay the original author as much um and so they showed victor miller who wrote the original film the script and he was like well this is a fucking this is a remake and so he took legal action um but essentially the court battle was um so you wrote the original one yep um all that you wrote is really in the first two minutes of the film so and it's a montage so it's like technically you know this could take place at any time it's not a remake it's not a remake of the first film it's maybe a remake of the second and third um but yeah it's 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 the same way that um the incredible hulk with edward norton he glosses over his origin story in a pre-title sequence interesting i like that the um ongoing debate between classification of sequel has become a um a court case a legal battle at some point (laughs) um but i can yeah yeah and and it is a why say remake but it's more and more like overwrites those yeah, it's, movies it's, it's because, a reboot it's, it's yeah, trying to reinvigorate yeah. the franchise and there's no to new people. yeah there's yeah. no no really common story elements it's a new story with jason back um that that as i say technically rewrites part two and three um compared to mm. like the nightmare on elm street remake which is a straight well, script, script remake um yeah. so the, what's what's really um notable about a 2009 horror movie such as this is that um this was a time that was uh pretty could often be pretty exploitative towards uh women and and uh young actresses as we said yeah um and there's there's one death in this in this movie that really struck a call with me because it was like this is right in the middle of this is so gross male gaze like filmmaking (laughs) and also God, that what a great genre kill! What a like, <laughs> like it's it's. I was simultaneously offended and I was like, "Damn, that was a good kill." <laughs> um, and so that scene is one of the one of the girls has been. Um, she's in the lake. She's another the guy driving the boat. That what what was she doing? What's it called? Ski. Wakeboarding. Wait, what's it called? W- oh, water skiing. Yeah, water skiing. Yeah, yeah. She she had ten days to learn how to do that. Fun wow, fact. there you go. And so she's been she's been doing it topless, and he gets killed in the boat, and she gets hit by the boat driving over her, and she sort of half dazed swims topless over to the wharf because she sees Jason off in the woods, and she's she's hiding under the wharf, and she looks up through the cracks of the wharf and sees him walking back and forth, and she's sort of just waiting there, trying not to make too much of a sound. And then the camera does like is like a front on shot of her like sort of neck deep, just just head above the yeah, water, just head yeah. above the water. And then Jason's machete slides through the cracks very fast into her head. Her like eyes roll back to the top of the head, into the top of her head. And as Jason lifts the machete to like pull it back out, uh, it lifts her body up so that you see her titties. And she falls back into the her water. Her breasts are and, um, 
yeah, exposed above the water. And it's very it's like, very funny. It's, it's, very it's very funny. It's very pulpy. It's the kind of thing you'd expect to see in like piranha or something. Yeah, yeah. And it totally understands the language of the genre, but it's also like inarguably kind of sleazy. <laughs> at the same yeah, time. I, I was going to mention the like sex and nudity of this film because this is the there's, sexiest there's, film. there's a lot of nudity. This, in this is film. such a sexy um, film. So much so that Michael Bay walked out of the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Are you um, serious? Yeah, and um, th- th- there's this one sex scene um, where it's it's very like, for lack of a better word, sexy. <laughs> um, Sorry again. We talked about the, this a bit on the Discord. Apologies for being horny on main. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a sex scene with. Um, with this and just like the dialogue you you got great nipple placement baby and he says your tits are stupendous it's an insane sex scene it is so weird it's and it's because it's it's supposed to be like like um this dialogue would make sense um in the like losing their virginity scene and super bad mm. but when it's like the real hot dude having sex with the real hot chick and he's like oh hey babe your, your nipple placement's real good <laughs> and it's and the the only information it really conveys you about the character is that one of them's cheating on his girlfriend. Um, and it's, I didn't like, and the fact that I couldn't tell you anything about her as a character other than her tits Except for her <laughs> is, you know, as a testament to how like kind of ugly the treatment of the female characters is, at least for, mm. for that part. Um, it's a very, like, this is, <laughs> the sex scenes in this are like, this is the kind of movie that you you that I would have like rented out with my parents in in 2009 being like let's watch a horror movie because we always watch horror movies as kids and this is like the nightmare of a sex scene to be in a movie <laughs> you know what i mean like this is the yeah. worst possible kind of sex scene to be in a a movie you're watching with your parents it's, it's i thought you were gonna say it's the kind of movie that you like write with your friends when you're 13 <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like yeah yeah and then she gets killed but oh but we see her titties right before she dies <laughs> <laughs> it's very true um um, but it's yeah it is an absolute it's like ah uh, it's such an intense insane weird sex scene and it's unnecessary and it goes for too long um but it is in there and it and it bumps up the the like medium the like the average kind of level of um raunchiness of the franchise of both franchises up quite a lot there's not yeah. really anything quite else like like that scene in the rest of the movies yeah all right, I want to ask, what do you think of this new interpretation of Jason? Um, what is different about this interpretation <laughs> of Jason? Well, okay, so the one thing I noticed, the main thing I noticed, anyway, was that, um, I mean, there's a scene where, I think it's in the, in the sort of pre-title 20-minute sequence, where one of the women is worrying about what's going on and jason like fucking sprints towards her really it's the only time we like see him wow sprint and also he he shoots um the guy who's who's um driving the boat he gets shot with a crossbow which is one of two times that jason uses like a projectile weapon Mm. which feels which feels a lot more precise than the kind of brute force machete we used to um and, and i think that the kind of in the intended interpretation of jason is that he's a lot more like surviving off the land and like he's like territorial 
Yeah, um, that's a good I, point. I definitely got, it's not like, you're having sex, you must die, stab, oh, you're on my way, die. It's like, these people are in my home and I've taken them out one by one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's... You obviously didn't notice that. Well, no, yeah, I'm trying, yeah, now I frantically try to come up with an opinion for it. Um, and what do you, do you like it? What do you think of it? Um, it, it does Richard, feel I like think some... whatever you think. <laughs> it does feel like somewhat of a betrayal of, like, what we know and love about Jason. Mm. Yeah, I definitely prefer the um, revenge kind of, like... The, the the like sexually repressed Jason of old <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is more more relatable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I guess we'll just move on to continue the franchise. Mm. Uh, oh, do I mention the body count of this film? No, what is it? What would you guess? Um, let me count. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You forgot two, 13 and 14. <laughs> do, do, the, do the brother and sister die at the end? No. I don't know. Yeah, well, we, we don't see. It. They, they, there is a, before they they find the sister. There is like a main girl in it who's helping. Yeah, Jared Padalecki. She fucking bites it, and it sucks. It's such a sad death. Like, I guess props to the filmmakers for surprising me with a death in a yeah. in a horror movie where it feels like the the survivors are inevitable. But it just it's it's one of those ones that really bums you out because it's like, it not only does she die, but as far as she knows, she died thinking that just failed. To, to save yeah. the day, you know. <laughs> so, continue the franchise. So, there, there's been a few like times that they've planned sequels. So, um, in 2009, a sequel was announced to be coming out in 2010. Obviously, didn't happen. Uh, it actually fell apart when because so this was a co-production between Paramount and New Line. Paramount allowing New Line to use uh, anything from the original film, including the title, which is why it's called Friday the Thirteenth. Um, like Platinum Dunes got the got the rights for that. Um and it actually neither company wanted to back down, but like like so it was kind of like at a stalemate where they both wanted to produce it, but they knew that one of them would have to do it themselves and neither one wanted to back down in case it was really successful and they'd look look stupid for backing down. And right. this was also going on when the economy was in the toilet and you know they were they were being very selective about what, what projects they wanted to pursue. Well, what better um, time now than now to revive the mm. Friday the Thirteenth series? <laughs> and then in 2011, um, they so that that fell apart in late 2010. They they announced it was officially not happening. In 2011, uh, a sequel was announced to have been written, and then in 2013, Warner Brothers relinquished like what rights they had to the franchise so that they could co-produce interstellar they made a deal um a week later platinum dunes the company said that a sequel was being made as soon as possible in 2015 they announced it would be coming out in 2016 which 
um when we recorded the first time it was supposed to it was one of those films that's like this is supposed to be coming out in a month or like a month ago and they just never heard about it um and then it was pushed to 2017 it would have been called friday the 13th part 13 and they were casting a young jason for it it was officially cancelled in february of 2017 and then they announced the script was um called friday the 13th camp blood the death of jason Voorhees. yeah that's is, is that a three colon title uh it's a colon and a hyphen oh mission impossible styles huh yeah uh, and then there was also um, someone on a Discord, mm. uh, a new Alan Smithy, mm. famous director, um, pointed out a sequel that had been written by the guy behind Channel Zero, the TV show. Uh, that's TV available show. online if you want to check it out. And that was supposed to come out and tw- that was part of the 2017 thing. But it was um, the failure of the film Rings was one of the reasons that it didn't come out too well. I guess just people don't want horror movies. Um, and also they were too busy developing Darren Aronofsky's mother. Right. And they, I think um, Alan Smithy said that was going to be called Friday the 13th 3D. Yeah. Um, and so that, that brings us up to now when the, the lawsuit from um, mm. two weeks ago t- um, took over. So do you have a continue, any ideas of where to take the franchise? I mean, not no more than what I said um, when we covered it for Friday, the Friday the 13th episode that it'd be interested to see. Like, I don't think you can make a horror movie that's as vapid and empty thematically as these ones are now. I think people, yeah. people expect it to be a metaphor for some kind of um, social issue or whatever. And so because of that, I, I, yeah, that that's what I would, I don't even, I don't not want to see that. I would like to see that. Um, but I don't, I certainly don't have any more ideas than that. What about mm. you? Um, well, I should mention, uh, I was talking to Jess earlier about a friend of the podcast, um, about, uh, if she had any ideas and she suggested, uh, a mobile game. And then she suggested that you do a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or a combination, um, like storyline of that game episodes, you know, that's always advertised on games like that. Um, no, where you have like um it's very it's all like teen dramas and it's like you get <laughs> uh, it's like kiss him or kick him in the nuts um and so that would be <laughs> a game <laughs> like that man we need to get jess on episodes of film franchise fortnights so <laughs> the type of continue the franchise gold she's offering <laughs> uh, all right so now we're at our final film of the 20 20- uh, which is A Nightmare in Elm Street, which came out 10 years ago in 2010. Ten directed years. by Samuel Bayer. And what's this one about? Uh, it's just the first Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a remake of but, it. But now it's move over, Freddy, and welcome Fredophile. Because now Freddy's a pedophile yeah. in canon. It was, it was suggested, now it's confirmed. Um, yeah. So it's a remake yeah, of what, it. So, so it was uh, this was part of Wes's original plan, but there was a I think there was a series of like child molestations going on, and he didn't want to look like he was capitalizing on that, and also it was just too dark. You would not be like so on, so on. A series of child molestations is not a headline you really want to read in the newspaper. Yeah, it's not one you want to try and capitalize <laughs> on either. Um, but so it was brought back for this film as like a you know a, a way to add something new um and also trying to make freddy a bit scarier yeah. and also like because there's a few reasons but the one that i actually found really interesting and i was like this is actually 
the best idea in this movie. Like it makes it one of the best ideas in it is that um, kids now, kids growing up in the 2010s that um, have, you, you can't hide a series of child murders from a group of kids. Whereas like, because, you know, molestation is like, it's so easy. It's about believing victims. A traditionally and like hidden thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas, like, murder would be so easy for the kids to just look up and be like, oh, shit. Like, a bunch of kids either like went missing if they weren't. But, um, you know, a, a, like a generation of traumatized kids mm. who have all repressed the memory, that's, you can't Google that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so that's actually kind of a good idea. Yeah. Um, so if you don't remember, it's just basically that uh, as revenge for being burnt alive for molesting their kids, Freddy is now haunting the kids' dreams and killing them in, in their dreams. Um, other notable things about this movie is that it, that Nancy is now played by um, a pre-fame Rooney Mara. Um, yeah, who, who was just, just about to do... Um, this came out the same year as Social Network, which was this kind of, her kind of rise to fame which is so interesting because she's she's so much better than this movie and it's so weird to see yeah she hated being in this one so much she almost quit acting wow yeah i can tell (laughs) (laughs) it's just such a like a a horror movie remake is is and in this time period was a very specific kind of movie and rooney mara is like a much more prestigious actress i guess in my yeah eyes. I, I did want to talk about the, the whole like platinum dunes like two thousands remakes it's like you, you know you, you hear a lot about like gritty reboots like the dark knight these are like grimy reboots yeah yeah like it, it feels like there's a thin layer of like slime on yeah. every frame and it's like they're, 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 a lot of them are like actually yellow tinted like mm. especially um Texas Chainsaw yes. and this. Yeah. And it's like, they just look like unclean. Yeah. And not in like a cool, like horror way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually the third time I've seen this movie. I saw this in the in the cinema when it came out. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the other notable thing about it is that uh, Jackie Earl Haley plays um, Freddie. First time in the series that Freddie has been substantially played by someone other than Robert hey. England. Look at you saying substantially. Well, yeah. he's been portrayed by a woman and and her eye and and, yeah, and part someone two. else's hand. Yep. Um. And uh, Jackie Earl Haley, if you don't know, uh, played Rorschach in the 2009 Watchmen film, uh, and that's about all he's done. <laughs> like, I don't know if he has any other like big. He roles. was in a film called Little Children, which he was nominated for an Oscar for. Really? Um, oh, wow. where he plays a pedophile. Wow, very nice. Um, it's creepy that a <laughs> he's film also, he's called, in Shutter Island. Oh yeah, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. It's creepy that a film called Little Children is about pedophilia. Like, like that's yeah. that's the joke I would make reading the title, and then be like, oh, I shouldn't have made that joke. Uh, <laughs> um, and look, the nicest thing I can say about this film is that Jackie Earl Haley at that time in his career is a really inspired casting choice for Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. It, he's not, like, his now, portrayal of yeah. Freddy isn't very good. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that mm. it's an inspired performance. Ca- but, but, oh, my God, he's he's the perfect person to cast. Yeah, and if you cast him now, everyone would be like, who's that? Um, but, but, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, he's... 
It's and it, at the very least, it sets this movie apart from the previous nightmare movies in, in a in a massive way. There is no sense of humor in this movie. It's all serious, and yeah. it's a it's a very serious portrayal of Freddy Krueger. Um, that we don't get with with Robert England's more Pennywise the Clown kind of yeah. interpretation, and, and Robert England had some had some words to say about it because he he initially was like like before the film came out he was more than happy to pass the torch kind of thing. Yeah, said um yeah I, I'm I'm super happy and Jackie O'Haley great great casting like you just have to watch him and and watch him or little children to know that he's like the perfect guy mm-hmm. um. And then since the film came out, he said a um, couple of reasons that he thinks it might have failed um, that uh, should have waited a bit longer because the like all of his films had just been re-released on, on Blu-ray and it's like um, you don't need to introduce new a new generation to the character yet um and also the other yeah, thing teens and, and, are so into getting blu-rays <laughs> well it's just like you know that they, they they came back and like same thing as being added to netflix now like right okay i'm sorry robert but also the other thing is that um this film starts off with um callan lutz from twilight uh killing yes. himself in a diner or appearing to kill himself because he's been killed by freddie um and it's like this film just starts off with them being haunted by Freddy. There's, you don't see them in normal life, um, just as happy-go-lucky teens who have these things happening to them. They're like, right from frame one, there's something weighing on these children. Well, that, and so, yeah. these teens, these teenagers. And so, you never, like, buy into them. You never, mm. you do, like, care about them as much because it's like, oh, a bunch of moody teenagers. You like, do, you know, you do, you do see them. The first thing you see in the original movie is them being haunted, but no one dies till after we've established the characters so that's a good, yeah. good point um i want to i want to do a, a bit of a vocal impression of jackie earl haley's freddy krueger just because i feel like mm-hmm. that needs to it needs to be portrayed somehow so, okay so so richard what does robert england's freddy krueger sound like welcome to prime time bitch right and jackie earl haley's freddy krueger is sort of like we're gonna we're gonna play a game <laughs> That's interesting. That's might be the worst impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. What are you talking about? It's like drawled out, like kind of. Like, no, he, he, he sounds exactly like Rorschach. Yeah, he does sound like Rorschach. <laughs> like, but you don't. You never hear Rorschach laugh. So maybe that's what I'm. I, I'm noticing as a difference. Fuck! I'll just play a clip from the movie. Here's yeah. here is Robert England. I've been guarding my gate for a long time, bitch. And here is Jackie O'Haley. Why are you screaming? I haven't even caught you yet. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, and so um, all of his dialogue was um, ADR'd and made to sound a bit more haunting and it's so obvious like mm. if i imagine if you saw this in the cinema which you did that it's very clear and the same thing happened in the dark knight rises when it's like it, it doesn't look like it's coming from a character when you're listening to it in surround sound and it's like oh it's trying to give off an ethereal he's coming from anywhere but it's like it just sounds like it's been pasted over the top of right, what's going yeah, on in the yeah. scene yeah, it doesn't feel baked in, and that that similar thing could be said to how he looks as well, because he's I, it's it's CGI more than 
makeup. Yeah, style. it's the same team that did um, Two Face and right, the Dark Knight, no, well. actually. Um, but um, and, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a lot more. They they studied actual burn victims, and it's supposed to look. He's got like part of his cheek missing, and this the skin like it goes more white when it like has burned and healed rather than uh, like the the pinky kind of red of, of Freddy Krueger. Mm, I think the original Freddy Krueger works even if it's less realistic because it's yeah. less realistic. Well, that's the thing that, that like when you when you take this super realistic burns and you put them in a fedora and a, and a <laughs> yeah. Christmas sweater, like it, it, there's this weird cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah, it it lo- it's almost bad taste to have to feature this Freddy. What I do, I do like how you see Jackie Earl Haley. Um, and as just as as a pre pre killed Freddy Krueger in this movie, I think I think it's cool to see to see yeah. him. And also, things. like, so this this was the thing. So it's introduced early on that like um, because they go the kids go to the parents and say we're being stalked in our nightmares and and our friends are dying, um, and it's because of this man. And they go, look, you're just having repressed memories because you were molested when you were a kid. Um, and then you see all these flashbacks and you see Jackie O'Haley and he's like screaming for his life. And it's one of those things where Jackie O'Haley's the best actor in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're, you're immediately latch on to this and be like, oh my God, you poor thing. Like, this must be horrible being accused of this stuff. And it's a, and it is a end, good performance, eh? It's like him, he's like, yeah. please no, I didn't do anything. It's a very, it's harrowing. Yeah. It's quite, and yeah. you see him interacting with the kids and you're like, this is just an innocent relationship. Because yeah, yeah. he worked at like the kindergarten where they all went. And um, and then at the end you find, because the, the part of the big thing is like, um, the kids had said like, oh, he takes us to this cave and then they never found the cave. Um, and so they're like, he was innocent because you never found it. But then the final showdown takes place in this, like this hideout where he obviously, you know, did these horrible things. And you like, um, Rooney Mara's character finds like some Polaroids that were obviously taken of her, um, as, as a little kid. And so then it's like, it becomes too dark, but, and I spoke about this last week that like, I, I, th- I think Freddie is, would be such a more interesting character if he was innocent up until he was killed. Well, especially in this rendition, by making yeah. him a pedophile, like being a falsely accused pedophile carries with it a whole lot of cultural conversation um, that yeah. that would be super interesting to see. And again, because Jackie O'Haley gives such a convincing performance that you feel bad for him at points in the movie. I do, yeah, I do wonder if, um, yeah, if if it, if, if, it, if it would be a more interesting movie if the twist was that he was if it twisted that so that he was innocent maybe like because it kind of twists mm. that he's guilty but it's like well of course he's yeah. guilty like if it was yeah, a twist yeah, yeah. that he's he's innocent that's one of those um brave stamps you're putting on your own version of a nightmare on Elm Street yeah, yeah. that you don't see a lot in remakes yeah yeah so yeah like what what did you think of the decision to make him a pedophile rather than a murderer I mean again it all just adds to him being a more darker and creepier yeah, character but like, it, it feels like you couldn't have seven sequels to this no like and and, and I, like, I don't want to keep coming back i don't want to come back for a nightmare on elm street five when it's like yeah this this like edgy pedophile is fucking <laughs> delivering literally wearing a fedora not even one-liners just threats it's like <laughs> yeah 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 you, pedophiles are, are you know what pedophiles just aren't likable it's mm. simple as that. Child killers, yes, give me seven seconds. <laughs> yeah, the, the, and also like the fact as well. In case you hadn't, um, you hadn't figured this. This movie generally isn't considered to be very good. What does it have on Roddy T's? 
Do you want me to guess this time? On on ten on ten toes, as I've been <laughs> wanting to call it for the forgotten two on podcast for months. I'll guess what it is this time. Okay. Fifteen? Okay. No, it's actually ninety-eight. Um, <laughs> it is fifteen. Um yeah, so and it's it's generally not considered very good. Samuel Bayer is like a a very prolific, very well respected music video director. He did Smells Like Teen Spirit. He did all of Green Day's videos from American Idiot. Um, he's done a bunch more. You can look it up. But this was his first movie, and he turned down the movie like three times before Michael Bay called him and was like, "This is going to be a huge step for your career." And he hasn't made another movie since. Oh my god! Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Like, because especially like at the start of this movie, I really felt that it's like, to me, it was like, this is obviously a music video director. Zack Snyder's kind of the same because he comes Mm -hmm. from a music video background. So is David Fincher. That like, it's the first thing. And, you know, some directors are able to work around this, like David Fincher. Some aren't and they can never get past this. But like, um, the, the main priority is that like the, it looks cool, you know? Yeah. Like Zack Snyder, say what you will about the story, but like his um, visual storytelling and like each shot is like a cool image. And maybe, and you know, people give shit to like Man of Steel or Batman v Superman for like the the Christ allegory being super obvious, but you can get away with that in a music video. You can get away with it in visual storytelling as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And Samuel Bayer does a little bit of that, I think, as well. Um, Hmm. And, and, and I mean, like, you know, maybe, maybe it does just feel a bit like a uh, first-time director's kind of film. Michael Bay calls you up and says you should direct this film. And you're like, well, if Fantastic never directed a bad movie, director Michael Bay said I should do it. He does know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay called me up, tried to convince me to direct a film. I'd be like, leave me alone. Stop calling me. <laughs> it is. We, we talked about this on the James Bond podcast, but about like PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 movies. Mm-hmm. Movies that embody the spirit of those consoles. Of those generations. Without any specific ties to a specific video game. Yeah. So um, it's like... The original Nightmare on Elm Street is like a PS1 game sure. where it's um, it's a really good idea. They maybe don't have all the tools to to show it yet. Yeah. Um, and then Nightmare, uh, sorry, Freddy vs. Jason is like the PS2 game. Yeah. Or even Dream Warriors is like the PS2 game where it's like it's building upon that and it's first and foremost it's about fun mm. ps2 is the greatest console ever made ps3 and this was this is interesting because the other side of the coin from casino royale which we said was a ps3 game but no more obviously 2010 is kind of a ps3 game where it's like look at what we can do with this hardware take us really seriously yeah <laughs> and so i'm interested to see the ps4 version of a nightmare on elm street because PS4 and going to PS5 are kind of like, we've proven ourselves that we are good at storytelling, so we can kind of have a bit of fun with it now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's more about, like, nostalgia and, like, honoring those things that made the PS1 and the PS2 great. Um, mm. And so I, I think there is, somewhere out there, there is a fantastic Nightmare on Elm Street reboot or continuation of some kind, and that's going to be the PS4 version. New Nightmare is a PSP movie. <laughs> it's a PS Vita movie. Yeah. <laughs> no it is i feel like psp games were cheekier and like more about cry like there's got to be a psp game that's like about making a film or something like that i don't know 
I mean, you would like, should we talk about what there is actually planned? Yeah, we. So we sort of missed this on our nightmare on our yeah. episode. Yeah, I talked about um, what uh, what sequels we almost got, but instead of talking about uh, what sequels we may be getting, um, but also the body count. What would you guess it is in this film? Um, five. It's uh, it's five six if you include Freddy. Do I include Freddy? No, because he comes back. He stabs. Yeah, he comes back. He stabs but... Nancy's mum through the. I'll say this about the, the remake: it's got a better. It pulls off the ending better than the yeah. than the one from the original that we complained about. Like it's <laughs> it's like Nancy comes home and is talking to her mum, and she's like, "It's all over now." And then she looks over in the mirror, and behind her mum in the mirror is Freddy Krueger, who stabs the mum in the back of the head, and her eyes come out. Yeah, very cool. very. It feels very supposed to be in 3D, even though it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so continue the franchise. 3D vision, dude. <laughs> it's supposed to be in 3D vision. Continue the franchise. So, um, Jackie O'Haley was contracted for three films, and Rooney Mara was contracted for two. So that's where this it's, it's been ten years, and I don't think they're going to happen. Um, so uh yeah this i forgot to mention last week the current state of the franchise but in 2015 another remake was announced uh in 2016 it was announced to be in development hell robert england said that he would love to come back for a cameo and he said i certainly would like i would certainly like to be invited to do a cameo to maybe play the cantankerous old professor or the group therapy guy that doesn't believe they're having nightmares i think it would be fun for the audience i love robert england he, yeah. he gets it he gets it yeah uh so on september 29th 2015 england tweeted just for the record i will not be starring as freddie in any new nightmare projects real or fictional officially retiring from the role and he voiced his interest in having kevin bacon play the character way to punch up robert england <laughs> yeah <laughs> which would make kevin bacon one of if not the only people to be in the first friday the 13th movie and then go on to play Freddy Krueger. <laughs> One of, if not the only <laughs> So, since then, um, Robert England has played the character twice more. <laughs> or, um, do you know what those times are? No, I no idea. So, one, actually, he didn't play the character, but he put the makeup on um, because they did a documentary called Nightmares in the Makeup Chair, which was his sort of ode to these guys who had carried his career for the whole time. So, he did, like, interviews with them while they were putting the makeup on him. Right. That's and cool. also, in 2018, for ABC's The Goldbergs, yes. he reprised the character in an episode called Mr. Knifey Hands. <laughs> yeah, for, like, a drink, because that show's set in the 90s. No, the eighties. Yeah, so eighties, yeah. So, and yeah. so, and they they also um, famously brought uh, Rick Moranis out of retirement to voice um, Dark Helmet. Oh wow! In an episode, yeah, cool. Um, and then so in in twenty nineteen, um, he said that uh, we need a Freddy that can do the next eight movies or seven. I don't want them to remake part one again. I'm not Freddy anymore, you guys. <laughs> I could do one more probably if you shot me up with vitamin C, but here's the thing. I can't do eight more, you guys. So we need a new actor that you guys believe in and can trust and love and will trust them to go the distance. Um, it's worth mentioning as well that Robert England is currently um, 73. <laughs> is he really? Holy yeah. shit. Wow. Of course he is. Yeah, so mm. give him a break, but yeah, he, he, he like it's very interesting. He, he seems like a like a cool dude, and, and like you said, he, he gets it. So um, I mentioned last week about an interesting clause in um, American copyright that allows the 
original author of something to claim it back after 35 years Mm -hmm. and so 2019 was obviously the 35th anniversary of 1984 when the first film came out so the rights reverted back to Wes Craven's estate uh, and then they announced last year that they were actively taking pictures for what to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise um, and whether that's a film or an HBO Max series. I heard I got told by one of my students because I'm a film tutor um, that Elijah Wood is in talks to play Freddy in like a TV show. Did you find anything about that? Uh, I remember hearing about that, but I don't think there's anything concrete. Uh, I'll make that my continue the franchise then. I think Elijah Wood is a great idea for a Freddy Krueger, a new Freddy Krueger. I think he's the perfect type of actor you'd want to cast. Like someone who's who's really talented and kind of has precedent for playing that kind of role before, but at the same time, it's as kind of juxtaposing because he's such a doe eyed, um, cute person. I would love to see his interpretation of Freddy Krueger. What do you think? Uh, yeah. So he's. Um, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but um, yeah, he's he's. Essentially, him and Daniel Noah said that um, who they they produce uh, Mandy and the Color Out of Space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just said that they have a very specific take. They would love to pitch, um, and that you they said can't do an origin story again. You have to let Freddy go and move into a different direction. Uh, you have to bring him along for the ride initially, but then let someone else run with it. Um, and they said they would want robert england to come back to play him to like hand that that franchise off okay and uh mike flanagan um who's the guy behind dr sleep dr sleep and haunting of hill house he says he has a killer idea he has a he's dying to do to pitch his killer idea for a nightmare on Elm i don't like the idea that it's a passing the torch movie that feels well, like maybe you don't want yeah that, that feels like it. that's what a nightmare on elm street can't be there's a passing the torch movie. Yeah. <laughs> um oh well that's interesting what do you, do you have any yeah. ideas for how what would you want to see in a reboot? Um okay, so my continuing franchise is to get Robert England to suit up as Freddy one more time and record a bunch of stuff like just just improv for like three days in front of a green screen and then maybe you and I would edit that footage into every movie or tv show that was revealed to have been a dream the whole time on the tommy westfall universe yeah 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 <laughs> that's a I mean, not necessarily just that but like that um that final scene in twilight that was a vision oh like, right yeah, yeah um yeah that's great that, that whole season of dallas <laughs> <laughs> the ending of inception just to finally put that to bed it was a yeah, dream. yeah yeah all right so We've made it. How do you feel? Oh, I feel horrible, dude. I feel a bit sick. Um, coronavirus has recently returned to New Zealand, so maybe I've got that. Yeah, just in you, though. Yeah. It's in me. Um, we do... Do we want to re-rank these, these puppies? Yeah, well, um, I mean, if you'd let me um, fucking finish. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got a new segment we haven't done in a few weeks, uh, which is ranking that franchise. But now, of course, we've finished two franchises in one episode because I I put off ranking them until we um, we had finished them. So currently, um, A Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th are at 20 and 21, respectively, uh, falling between Ghostbusters and Halloween. Now, <laughs> I, we put all those horror ones together, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to say, I think Friday the 13th should be above A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, here's why. 
This is what I've been saying to people this like in the last two weeks since I've been saying that I've been watching these films. I think Friday the 13th is a better franchise, but A Nightmare on Elm Street is a better film. If, if someone was like, I only have time to watch one, what should I watch? Definitely the first Nightmare on Elm Street. If someone goes, I want to marathon all of them, definitely Friday the 13th. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that on the podcast last week. Yeah, but so, now... Yeah, no, I agree. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's swap them. Just swap them? Yep. I don't think they need to move from where they are. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, I don't think that either any of them are better than Ghostbusters at its best. So. Sweet. Cool. That, that's it's been done. Um, and then do you, do you want to go over just our friend our rankings? Oh uh, yeah, let's do that. That's fun. Um, okay, so this is on le- our letterboxed accounts, um, which you can find links to in the um show notes for this episode um and every episode actually is is um the cole popsha letterboxed and aj's letterboxed and richard's letterboxed so um how do we i've got a friday the 13th movie ranking a nightmare on elm street ranking and a freddy vs jason all 20 films well let's ranking. just talk about our freddy vs jason rankings and okay. people can hunt down the other ones if you want because the the other rankings are implied by yes, this they, one they slot into each other yeah yeah all right, so at number 20, I've got the worst film in both franchises, which I pertain, is Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. That is followed by Jason Goes to Hell at 19. At 18, I've got Friday the uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Master. Then at 17, I've got Friday the 13th, sorry, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. And then I've got The Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 remake at 15 i've got friday the 13th the new blood followed by friday the 13th 2009 uh, followed by freddy's dead the final nightmare at 13 at 12 i've got friday the 13th part 5 a new beginning at 11 i've got friday the 13th part 6 jason lives at 10 my top 10 i've got jason x at 9 i've got the original friday the 13th at 8 i've got friday the 13th part 3 at 7 i've got freddy vs jason at six, I've got A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. At five, I've got Friday the 13th, Part 2. At four, I've got Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. At three, I've got the original Nightmare on Elm Street. At two, I've got A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And at number one, I've got Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So we're our number two and number 14 are the same. Ooh. I'll try and go through mine a bit quicker. Um, <laughs> so in last place, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Above that, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. That's number five. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, then Nightmare 2010, then Part 7, The New Blood, Friday the 13th, that, that is. Part, uh, number 15, Friday the 13th, Part 3, number 14, Friday the 13th, 2009, same as AJ. 13 is Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. 12 is Friday the 13th Part 2. 11 is Friday the 13th A New Beginning. Top 10, Friday the 13th The Original. Um, Nightmare 2. Number 8 is Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare. Number 7 is Part 6 Jason Lives. 6 is Jason Lives. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. 6 is Jason X. Um, 5 is Friday the 13th The Final Chapter. 4 is Freddy vs. Jason. Top 3, New Nightmare, Dream Warriors, and A Nightmare on Elm Street The Original. Nice. Very cool, very sexy, and you know what? I'll say it, very spooky. <laughs> For Halloween, we should be like, very scary. <laughs> very spooky. Jason jumps out of you and you're like, very scary. You don't react, you don't get a fright. <laughs> All right, now, what is it time for, AJ? 
Richard, it's time for a long and ancient an ancient segment, one that the the ancients, the the elders spoke on, spoke of, and you know drew cave drawings. Mixing a lot of <laughs> ideas here um, that we haven't done for a while, and that is uh, f- f- franchise roulette, where we've got a list of something like two hundred and something franchises. We're going to get a random number generator, and then. One of us is going to look at the list and make the other one guess what the next franchise we're going to do is. Do you want to look or am I looking this time? Uh, have you got the the um, list in front of you? Uh, I can I can do. I've got it already. So, um, <laughs> You get all the fun. You get to make me guess like a loser while you just <laughs> sit there laughing at me with your random number generator. Our next franchise is one we've already covered on the podcast because we didn't take it off the list. Wait, you haven't given us the number. I know, but I, I, I got the number and then saw that it was, what was one it? we'd already... Um, it was Mad Max. <laughs> Redux part two, baby! <laughs> part okay. Three. 53. 53. Mm-hmm. What would you guess that is? <laughs> no, that's... Give me something first. Uh, okay, it is a trilogy. Nice, getting a lot of trilogies lately. This is the we went from technically, if you count film franchise Fortnite's Redux as a different series to film franchise Fortnite's. This is our fourth trilogy in a row. Actually, I should. I ju- I just saw that the Expendables is still on the list. So it's changed. It's not a trilogy anymore. Wait, no. Well, you can still do the same one. A lot of them are still on the list. Okay. Well, uh, God, now I've got to choose for you. What? <laughs> okay. Do you want the trilogy or the five movies? I want the... Uh, what, what one should I pick? <laughs> um, I feel like... Just I uh, just choose one. <laughs> what I what one would you prefer? Um, probably the five movies. Would Would you hate to do the trilogy? I think you would hate to do the trilogy. Oh my god! Okay, I'll go for the five movies then. All right. So on the next film franchise Fortnite's, we won't be covering Human Centipede. We oh, will be shit. covering Terminator. Whoa! Holy crap! That's <laughs> six films. There's six Terminators. Is there six now? Okay, we wrote currently five at the time, but yeah, there's there's a sixth one now. Um, wow, bro, that's big. <laughs> that's we're moving right to a next heavy hitter almost immediately. Yeah. One thing I will say about Human Centipede, though, um, real good titles. I really like the titles for the series. <laughs> um, sound off in the comments below if you wish we were doing Human Centipede over Terminator. Terminator, holy shit. Yeah, man. That's, I've never seen Terminator 2. This is such Or the a, second half of Terminator 1. This is such a, like, natural progression from Freddy and Jason. Yeah, man. In a way that I almost am uncomfortable with the, like, um, sense that it makes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, it feels like we're, we're, we're burning through the good ones. Like, if you were to look at this podcast and you hadn't listened to an episode and you saw we did friday the 13th a nightmare with james bond friday the 13th terminator you'd be like all right so they go through the classics it's like no (laughs) no we don't we do the mighty ducks i'm waiting for an american tale (laughs) fable (laughs) (laughs) ah cool wow holy shit terminator rowan will be happy yeah wow 
All righty. All right, well, that's that's uh, the podcast for today. Thank you so much if you listened this far and um, and if you voted for us to redo Freddy vs. Jason. I feel like we've given it what it deserves now. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure that we'll fucking next week's podcast or next fortnight's podcast is going to be a, a chonker <laughs> yeah to get through it's a chonky that. boy um so yeah if you enjoyed this podcast and i should have said this before um the we announced what movies we're doing next week so next fortnight so that you had um reason to stay on although there is still a post-credit sequence at the end mm-hmm. um, but if you enjoyed us you should check us out on facebook and youtube and instagram and twitter and um there are two two youtube accounts one for the videos and one for the podcast um and we also have a discord server as i mentioned at the start where you can come and chat to us and i've said this before but i want to stress just how um, not too cool for you we will be on the discord i have had <laughs> multiple one-on-one conversations with people in that discord server so if you and i don't know maybe this is presumptuous of me if you have this idea that richard and i are these too busy to talk to our fans kind of guys if anything we could stand to be a little bit more um, distant from our fans i think <laughs> um, because we we talk about all sorts of stuff in that discord server which you can find a link to in the show notes along with everything else that i've mentioned um you can also donate to us on patreon if you want to support the show and also um you can email us at coldpoptionmedia at gmail.com feel free to email us and tell us your ranking for freddy first jason um if you send us your letterbox i'll follow you on the cold popsher account so there's a little feather in your cap <laughs> um, if you want that uh but yeah otherwise stay tuned for the post credit sequence and richard we did it bro we did we re when i first watched the freddy vs jason movies back in 2016 the podcast was but a buttered crying babe um clawing at my teat for some for some food and we watched them all and i remember after watching them and we did like an hour-long podcast compared to what a six hours probably complete version now. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, I wonder if I'll ever watch these movies again. <laughs> yeah, same. You know, same, I was bro. like, it's cool that I've seen them, and we talk a big game about like absorbing and collecting franchises we've seen. But, yeah. But can you really say that if you only watch them all once? Like, are we really still Godzilla experts if we've only watched them all once? You know, you're playing with fire. Then, <laughs> and but now I can confidently say having watched them twice (laughs) yeah that that i am an expert (laughs) do not question me no but i i deeply enjoyed re-watching them all um, and it was really cool to kind of even the bad ones yeah yeah um and yeah what what other horror ones have we got in the future that we need to get to child's play child's play we got um the exorcist series Amityville Horror. Amityville There's horror. eighteen of those. Oh, like three of them, three or four of them came out in the same year. Nice. And uh, and then at the end of the Terminator episode in two weeks, we will also be selecting our franchise based off um, what the patrons suggest and vote for. Mm. Which means that if you want to get in on that, by the time this comes out, you will have maybe a day or two to become a patron before that that poll starts and we'll talk about that in the like last time we did we we told the discord server hey this is going live on patreon and in 10 minutes or half an hour whatever it is just so because just like anything if you get in early you have a much better shot yeah exactly um so get on that if you want to support us as well it's only a dollar to do that by the way to to suggest and vote um but yeah richard my 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 soulmate 
My the, deepest condolences. The love of my life. We've done it again. We watched <laughs> yes, these movies. Yes, go off, King. <laughs> All right, welcome along, everybody, to the post credit scene. How are you, Richard? Uh, uh, after listening to that, outraged. Wow. So this is a segment at the end of each episode we do that is brought to you by our patrons, where if you go to www.patreon.com slash Show right now and donate more than $5, or $5 or more, I should say, you <laughs> too can give us a topic or something to talk about. And today's question comes from Josh Monson, and he says, if and when do you guys think you'll run out of franchises to cover? Have you calculated it with the frequency of new franchises making the cut? Do you think films will be coming out regularly enough that you'll ever run out of content for film franchise fortnights what will happen to the world when you can say you've watched every film franchise ever now years ago when we first started the podcast i think we did calculate roughly how well, it's long just it would take that us. there's 52 weeks in a year half that yeah. is 26 that's theoretically the amount of franchises we could cover in a year it's probably closer to 24 um yeah and that's if we and, did one franchise every two weeks, which we actually don't really do. Um, and yeah, it start, at, at the start, there was 300 or so podcast, uh, sorry, franchises on the list. Um, yeah. the, I think it, it peaked around 300-ish, but then we mm-hmm. took all the two film franchises off it one time. So now it's like 198 or something or like, you know, it's in the 170s or 180s. Which, uh, you know, means that there's still seven or eight years left of franchises. And then we can also do two film film franchises based on Patreon. And then there's a bunch of franchises we've never heard of. Because this this list is completely off the top of our heads, essentially. Yeah. Um, it, It, like... Very rarely, like, we don't sit there and go, oh, lists of film franchises and go, oh, we need to add that one to the list. Um, But, you know, if we do find out about a new franchise, we will add it to the list. Um, And if a movie gets a couple of sequels, we'll add it to the list as well. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I think that the podcast will end long before we cover every (laughs) franchise ever made. Yeah, I don't think we're in danger of that happening. I think I think what might happen is we might get to a point where we've covered every franchise that you think of when you tell people that you're a podcast that covers franchises. I could mm. see that happening. Like we'll probably get through all the classics um sooner or later. Uh but yeah, I don't think I think there are too many franchises for us to ever truly Yeah. Um, I, I think um Yeah, well, like I think we're never going to run out of content for Phil franchise fortnights, but I think mm. Phil franchise fortnights will end one day. <laughs> yeah. 